singing of the goodness of God. It sounds like some people in here have tasted the goodness of God before. Kenya seems to be overwhelmed by its goodness right now. And if I think if we stay here just long enough, we all will become overwhelmed by his goodness because his mercies and goodness are new and fresh every day. And today is no exception. Father, we just thank you for this time of worship. And as we begin the remain of this service, Lord, Holy Spirit, stay with us, Lord. Don't leave us. We can't do without you. We can do nothing apart from you, Lord. So be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's go ahead and give God praise one more time. May be seated. Or you can keep, keep standing, either one you want to do. Well, I had my welcome to the welcome that's already been extended by Pastor Anya. Um, my name is Derek Shields, and a pleasure to serve as a lead pastor here. Before we get into our message today, and our message is going to be unique today, I'll just give you that little hint, we do want to acknowledge the presence of the young men that make up the championship caliber football team from George Washington Carver High School. They're sitting over here. Hey, would y'all stand for us, please? Will I just recognize you guys? Now, y'all remain standing for just a minute. Just remain standing for just a minute. Don't, don't have a seat. Remain standing. We, we really want to not only acknowledge you, but bless you. The coaches, for you all to, to come on a Sunday morning, and bring all these young men. It's not a school day, so you know it took an effort to get all these young men here on a Sunday morning. But Coach Coffey, would you raise your hand, and wave your hand, Coach Coffey, and all the coaches, would y'all wave? Look here, that's saying something, isn't it? Now y'all can go ahead and be seated, and the remainder of us, we're gonna stand, and we're gonna stand a hand in your direction because, Father, we wanna bless these young men. We want to bless them. We want to pray for them. We want to lift them up to you right now. Yeah, football might be the thing that they're doing, but Lord, they're your children. They're your sons. And Father, we pray that they will become overwhelmed by your goodness and your mercy, Lord. And Father, in this service this morning, as they hear testimony after testimony, I pray, Father, that they will be able to find their way to you if they don't know you already. And Father, we do pray for great success this year. We pray that they will, they, will, they will represent George Washington Carver High School in a great way every time they take the field. But this morning, Lord, we pray for their souls, for their well-being. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Josh Heath, Robert Nobles are back there in the back. They lead our, our team that minister to these young men every Day, every night before their game. So if the game is on a Friday night, on Thursday evening, we gather and give them a good meal. We hope it's a good meal. Has it been good for y'all so far? Okay, then all right, all right. A good meal and cheer them on to success. Now, this is 
a Sunday that we're going to do testimonies in worship. Did you notice that the worship team has not left the platform because we're going to have, continue to have some worship? But our main focus this morning is going to be for testimonies as we wrap up our Life of Holiness series. We've been in this series called Life of Holiness Part 2, and you all know that we've been leaning heavily upon the work of Pete Scazzaro in emotional healthy spiritual uh, relationships. Early in the year, we were in emotionally healthy uh, spirituality. But today we're bringing this to a close, and we thought that in line with our mission statement of to awaken the broken to a life of wholeness found in Jesus, that a fitting end to this series would be for you to hear from people who have experienced moving from brokenness to wholeness. You know, as we talk about this, you know, the key verse we've been look, looking at the last couple of weeks is this, this when Jesus replied to the man who asked what the greatest commandment was, and you can read it there, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, here's the situation. You know, most of us in the church, we know we, we think we are doing a great job of loving God on most days, you know, Sunday especially. About Wednesday, we start kind of... But here's the issue. How about our relationship with others? Because as Jesus made it so plain, you can't have one without the other. And so, ever since the beginning of mankind, we've been dealing with this thing called brokenness. On the left-hand side of the screen, uh, look real close, you can figure it out. But because of brokenness, things like defensive behavior, low self-awareness, you know, isolation, blame, anger, so on and so forth, got introduced to our world. And some of us are still dealing with those kind of issues, and God, in his love for us, that love that we sung about, that had everybody just kind of mesmerized, that the Spirit is just moving all about this place, tears was flowing, because of his goodness, he wants to move us toward wholeness. And that's the whole thing about this life of wholeness that we've been venturing in for the last several weeks. And this morning, we're simply going to hear testimonies. Now, why testimonies, you might ask? Well, in book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 11, if you have your Bibles, turn that with me just briefly. We won't be there long. But John, the author of this book, the last book in the Bible, don't you like it when you tell you exactly where you can find it at? It's the last book in the Bible. Go to the back. Revelation, chapter 12, verse 11. Chapter 12, John is describing this scene where there's this battle taking place between evil and good. And he makes it very plain that evil is cast out from heaven. The enemy, the devil, Satan, has been cast out with all of his friends that was going along with him. And then at verse number 11, we see this very interesting verse because he describes how it all happened. He writes, they triumphed over him, him being the enemy. Or some of you says, some of your version says, they overcame him. Well, how did they do it? By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Combination of the two. Jesus and your testimony. Jesus and the word of your testimony. So this morning, we're going to hear some testimonies. And I'm not going to be back out until all the testimonies are finished. The way this is going to work, I'm going to introduce the first person sharing a testimony. And then after that, you'll hear a song after the first, one, first person finishes. 
Then the next person will come out and share their testimony. So this is a testimony worship kind of service today. Y'all all right with that? If, you, if this is your first time here at Christ Community Church, you came on a very good Sunday. So let's get ready to hear from the Lord through the individuals who are coming to share their testimonies. The first of being Kathy Dennis. Would you welcome Kathy Dennis out? Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, family. So this year we've been looking at how to become emotionally healthy, both spiritually, that's with God, and relationally, that's with each other. Not surprisingly, that's the cross. If we aren't spiritually healthy with the Lord, then how can we ever hope to get it right with each other? God wants both, requires both from us. Anyway, about four years ago, when my community group was studying Ephesians, the Lord showed me in Ephesians 1.11 that we are his inheritance. I said, I know this verse, Lord. And then he proceeded to explain it to me. As a parent, my inheritance will be given to my children and grandchildren. So God's inheritance is given to us, his children. Well, if we are his inheritance then he's giving us to each other. I know, some of you are hoping for a beach house and a vintage Mustang. Instead, she got me. Well, with the revelation that my Christian sisters and brothers are truly God's gifts to me, he set me on a path to be more intentional in my relationships. Now, I'm a roguing introvert and enjoy being by myself, so that hasn't always been easy or fun for me. So the other morning, one of my community group members sent me a private message on our GroupMe app. It was a poster of Matthew 6.6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Now that's a pretty sweet verse. But this community group member frequently sends the group uplifting words and thoughts, so I thought they had mistakenly sent it to me alone. I messaged them back to thank them and tell them that the, the, the mistake I thought they'd made. Two days went by, and again I got a private message from this member telling me that Holy Spirit had told them to specifically send it to me that morning. They didn't know why, but trusted that was between me and Holy Spirit. I was surprised, so I asked Holy Spirit why he'd sent that to me. I'm a pretty private person, so when Holy Spirit starts sharing my mail with other sisters and brothers, well, that just shows me how he's truly making us one in him. As I thought back over the last couple of weeks, I realized that Holy Spirit had been having a, we'd been having a wonderful time. He's been teaching me just to rest in the Lord, and he brought a new worship song into my life, waking me up with the song in my heart and refreshing it repeatedly throughout the day. I couldn't make the connection between Matthew 6.6 and what I'd been experiencing recently. So I asked, why this verse, Lord? And he reminded me that earlier that week, during my set time to pray for the people he has given me to pray for, I had been discouraged. I've been praying for some of these people in situations for years, and I've seen no change. I told the Lord how I felt, and I knew that he was faithful, and I just kept praying. It was for that, I felt him saying, that I sent you Matthew 6.6. 6. <laughs> 
Well, needless to say, I had a little worship celebration right then and there, and then I messaged my community group member, my sibling, and shared that, that it was indeed a word for me. Uh, and in a few minutes, they messaged back in their own state of celebration, recognizing that it was for, meant for them too because of the response they got from me. So there you have it. Our wonderful Father gave us to each other in order to comfort and encourage one another. It's through our relationship with the Father that he reveals his heart for us and for our sisters and brothers. And as we are faithful to listen and respond, he blesses both the giver and the receiver. That's how we get to look more like our big brother Jesus. So turn and look at your neighbors. Do you see the family resemblance? I do more and more each day. Thank you, family. Let's stand and worship.
As you can see, I'm Chuck Marple. I'm going to talk about a testimony today that made a big difference in a relationship. Strained relationships are nothing new in the Bible. We see many instances of troubled family relationships. Sometimes they were siblings, like Cain and Abel, Jacob and Esau, Joseph and his brothers. In two cases, that is Jacob and Esau, and, Cain and Joseph and his brothers, they were families reunited. In the other case, Cain took it into his own hands and murdered his brother and became an outcast. There were even relationship issues at times between the people and God. We can see that in Adam and Eve and what they did, the original sin, and we can see that in Job, Moses, and Elijah. But in these, we also see the promise God made and the promise he kept. So it's not surprising, though, that we struggle in how we relate to others. When I began this, the weekend sessions of emotionally healthy relationships, I did not know what to expect. I had no clue the Lord would show me a way to make a major difference in family relationships, though he did. Through watching the videos and completing the exercises, I began to realize how transforming these sessions could be. We're asked to think about someone that we may have issues and pretend we're talking to them. For me, that person was our adult daughter. She's a recently retired Air Force officer after 20 years in it. And while still in the Air Force, right after we retired, she encouraged us to move to Warner Robins, Georgia, with a promise she would never leave us there. We moved in due time. She had her four child, a daughter, after having three boys. Because of her deployments, we spent quite a bit of time with our grandchildren. This led to a special relationship, particularly the last two. They would beg to have sleepovers with us, and those were really special times. And they always wanted to be together for these sleepovers, too. They still are that way, and they're a good bit older now. We always look forward to those special times. Our daughter would often stop by, and we'd have time with her, and we had great discussions. On the surface, all was well. However, there was a brokenness, a brokenness we could feel, and later we found out she did too. We would have frequent misunderstandings, and although we lived just two blocks apart, she would stew on them for days instead of contact us, and then she'd write a very, very angry email. Often we had no idea what we had done wrong. It would lead to mistrust and assumptions. After six years, she broke that promise and moved to Florida, and she said we would, she would not be returning. That was a very painful time for us, from seeing the grandchildren whenever we could, because they were just a few blocks away. It became a couple times a year, and generally that was for babysitting when they needed us. The misunderstandings also continued. Each time we would talk with her to settle them out, and we fixed that issue, but it never got to the root of the problem. It was even harder because we could not do it in person. 
We needed open and honest communications, but we feared the greatest fear that you could have as a grandparent of being cut off from the kids. That concern was always in the back of our minds. As the sessions progressed, I began to wonder, maybe we can work this out. Maybe I can practice this with her, with her because uh, they want us in the videos to practice these. So after a lot of prayer and contemplation, I broached the subject with her. And thankfully, she said she would. So I bought the DVD myself from Amazon, and we began the lessons long distance. I had hopes, but no expectations based on prior times. We discussed the format and how we would handle each lesson via FaceTime. We watched the video together, and then nervously, we began the exercises using the format from the videos. And each exercise, I encourage you to go first. The first item in session one is to tell your partner something that you appreciate about them. They had recently visited, and she said they appreciated all the homemade ice cream I had made when they visited. I told her I appreciated her being my podcast co-host. It was a good start. Now is where I began to see something special happening. The next item begins with, I am puzzled. And then you fill in the blank. To my absolute surprise, her statement was almost exactly about the same issue I had. And when they visited, she was puzzled because she, we spent a lot of time on her iPads. My statement was we were puzzled because they were constantly on their iPhones. Same thing. This is to begin throughout this first exercise and continue into the next units. A sharing of real concerns we each had and had often had a different interpretation of the exact same issue. I was overwhelmed of how well those sessions began to improve our relationship. Before, we could go weeks, and I mean weeks, without hit talking, unless she and I were co-hosting a podcast. Now, not a week goes by that at least the three of us are FaceTiming. Using the emotionally healthy relationships, principles began to bridge many years of resentment, anger, mostly fear, and angst. Both our daughter and I continue to be surprised on how much more open and honest we've become. These sessions have improved our relationship well beyond any of my expectations. And she even has been using that, this process that we learned in her own situations and other aspects of her life. That's wonderful. Another relationship improved because of the messages focusing on emotionally healthy relationships. In a recent message, Pastor Derek talked about the one that we needed to repair a relationship with. And as I sat and listened, the Lord convicted me. I know who he was talking to me about, my younger sister. A major incident had torn us apart several years ago. And we, my contact with her had been very infrequent. Kathy still talks to her via email, but I've had basically none. I came home from that service and immediately contacted her. She told me she was in tears about this. So two broken relationships in the process of healing, and it is a process. I praise and thank the Lord for leading us to this church with this pastor and all the staff, leading me to complete the EHR sessions, and it's an accompanying weekly message. Some things that I would never believe could be changed were changed. But as the Lord says in Luke 137, for nothing is impossible with God. Think about that as we go through our lives. Nothing is impossible with God. Thank you. Thank you. Let's worship again.
be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. Doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now.
Praise the Lord. My testimony is about my journey through the world. A statement used by Peter Scanzeros on page 95 of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and how God used grief and hardship to transform me. How I learned to listen to my body, to connect with Jesus, and helped in my relationship both with my family and friends. Let me start with a little introduction of myself. My name is Charity Ayotade, also known as Chacha. I am from Nigeria. While I live here in America, my widowed mother and three younger brothers all live in Nigeria in West Africa. In 2018, I got a call that my mother has suffered the loss of her eyesight. One of my brothers and his wife, the same city as my mother, offered to take her into their home so they could care for her. I was pleased with this arrangement because when I traveled home December of that same year, my mother was doing fine as my brother and sister-in-law were taking exceptional care of her. However, come May 19 of 2019, I lost my caring brother. Yes, I lost my brother who take care, who took our mother into his home. He died leaving behind our widowed vision impaired mother, his young wife and three little children all below the age of 10. While we were still mourning my brother, one month later, another brother was diagnosed with cancer, nasal carcinoma. My husband and I insisted that he go to the best, one of the best hospitals in Nigeria as we supported him financially, since there was no medical insurance in Nigeria. My brother fought this battle for about one year, went through 10 rounds of chemotherapy. We modified his meal, we prayed, we researched, we followed every instruction that was given. Still, cancer rampaged my brother's body until finally, October 12, 2020, my brother died. My mother lost her sight in 2018. I lost a brother in 2019, and yet another brother, 2020. I couldn't even travel to Nigeria to see my mother or any of my brother's family during this period because it was the worst time of the century, COVID-19. You know, when I lost one brother, and the second one was fighting his battle with cancer. People, Christians, kept telling me, don't worry, affliction will not occur the second time. Well, it did. My brother died. I was broken. My faith was shaken. My soul was weakened. I was questioning my belief. And on the other hand, my body was dying. My body was dying of stress and anxiety. The distance coupled with pandemic made it impossible for me to even be around people that could support me. And the financial burden through this time was frustrating. How did the class help? The night 
of my soul. Assisted me in going inward, I was able to dig into my soul and let out some of the grief and pains caused by all these losses. I was able to surrender to my limits. Before this class, I was numbing my pain through rationalization and blaming. I kept blaming myself for everything. You will think that I'm this little God in charge of everything, in charge of controlling and fixing things, and that bad things happened because I wasn't doing a good enough job. As I kept thinking these thoughts, I was vocalizing them. <laughs> oh, my dear husband. I don't know how he was able to keep his cool and be my strength through it all. I say this because this was a period when the pandemic lockdown was, and we were stationed in California, and California was super strict about the lockdown. Therefore, my husband was the only in-person support for me throughout all these tragedies. I came to Fort Benny, Georgia with all this grief. The enlarge your soul through grief and loss class taught me to begin to pay attention to my anger and the sadness eating deep inside me and to the stress my body was going through. I learned to embrace the gift of limit. I learned that God does not need my assistance in running things with him. I learned that he is God all by himself and does not need aid or support from Chacha. Behold, it was a great relief to trust in Jesus, to cast all of my burdens and cares on him because he cares for me. As I embrace this reality that I am not responsible for all these negativities, calmness, peace returned to me and to my body. Another part of the class that stood out for me is the Sabbath, the stopping, silence and stillness. Now, when my body is stressed or when I'm feeling anger or pressure, I notice this is a sense I didn't have before this Life of Wholeness series. Now, I, when I feel negativity, which I still do because I'm still human, but the difference now is that I take a break and I look inward. I ask myself, why am I feeling angry? What is causing me distress? Beloved, it has come, helped me come a long way. I now have a better relationship with my Lord Jesus Christ. I have a better relationship with friends. I have a better relationship with my family. I must not forget to thank my three wonderful table partners who were so gracious and open to the Holy Spirit. Their genuity helped me to open up and share. I am naturally a very guided person. But this Sisters, Barbara, Casey, and Jamie, helped me let out emotions I didn't know I had bottled in. I love you, ladies. All this sharing in class did the healing emotionally and spiritually for me. This class teaches one to care, to love well. I have made good, authentic friends, my prayer partners. Hi, prayer team. I love you all. In conclusion, 
I want to use this opportunity to say thank you to Pastor Derek Shield, Pastor Anya, and all the pastorate and church staff for what you guys are doing. And I thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, for directing my family to Christ Community Church. Praise the Lord. Let's stand and worship again.
Good morning. I'm Mark. There's something off between us. I'm seeing some red flags. Crystal had been saying this for months. I wasn't paying any attention, so I didn't really hear her. I was too busy keeping track of the running list in my head of the wrongs done to me 15 years ago, the way I was treated 20 years ago, and the things I endured at the hands of others. I was also, I was also completely self-absorbed and in an addiction to lust, which included pornography and objectifying others. So I couldn't hear her when she said, I'm seeing some red flags. You're getting angrier and more frustrated lately. It's starting to impact the kids and I. I didn't perceive any of that, so I blew her off. A few days later, I was standing in the rubble of my dining room that I had just destroyed. Amidst the broken glass, torn pictures, and frightened faces of my family, Crystal was screaming, red flag, red flag, red flag. She had called it months ago and was making every effort to be sure I could see it now. Hours later, I was sitting in the house alone. My family had left me. In the quiet turbulence, I began to think that maybe she had been right. I frantically started searching for answers. At this point in my life, I did not believe that God or the church held the answers I was looking for. I applied to a few veteran retreats and ended up attending Progressive Alternative Therapy for Healing Heroes, PATH. It starts with a week-long initiation. The curriculum they use is rooted in post-traumatic growth. I want to describe a little bit of what I did that week because it aligns really well with emotionally healthy spirituality, a life of wholeness, and the emotionally healthy relationships that we've been doing here at church. Disclosure, I have done things in my life that I swore I was taken to the grave. With my entire being in complete disarray, I confessed everything to six strangers. This included my addiction to lust, which I had never really confessed to anyone, and I had never identified as the root cause to a lot of my actions and anger. Getting below the iceberg, we did several activities where I traced my trauma from the time I was a kid to my time in the army up until now. I could finally recognize the trauma that I had received and could see where I had caused trauma to others. Getting comfortable with myself, that made me walk, exercise, and explore without the mask I had been hiding behind. Once I let everything out, I didn't know who I was anymore. They showed me how to stay present and get comfortable in my own skin. This is why I walk barefoot pretty much everywhere now. It makes me feel more like me and keeps me present. Practices and rhythms. I now have a morning and evening routine from journaling to exercising to grounding. They taught me how to, they showed me how to practice living in a new way. Hope in a future. I did an exercise where I walked along the timeline of my life and talked about what I would like to see happen at each point. I started at my current age and walked until I was 90. This gave me all the hope. For the first time in forever, I believe what God says in Jeremiah 29:11 that he has a hope and a future for me. When I got back from that week, it came as no surprise that post-traumatic growth and emotionally healthy spirituality are basically the same thing. I could, hear, I could now hear what God was teaching me in these lessons here at church. Our community, our community group supported Crystal and I during these times. The men and women met separately, so it looked different, but we are still in community, serving one another humbly in love. 
I prayed that God take this from me prayers so many times and nothing ever changed because I never took any action. After I confessed and completely surrendered everything, I gave God the room to do his work. I began to walk in the freedom that God had gifted me. I spend time with God every morning now using Lectio 365 and the EHR workbook. I have memorized a ton of Bible verses that I recite, recite daily. My core verse has become Galatians 5.13. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve each other humbly in love. I confess every selfish thing I do to someone else every day. I ask my family how they think things are going so I can adjust with them. I take time to be still through meditation and breathing exercises. I do all of this as an active way to walk in the freedom that God is giving me. You may be wondering if all this work I'm doing is actually producing any results. By God's power, it is. I have been free from my addiction to lust for a few months now, and I work a program to get a little better each day. As for my family, we are together again. As for my family, we are together again. I think you need to hear from one of our kids to know how obvious and dramatic God's work has been in our lives. One of our kids wrote this in a text message to a friend. You know what happened when dad left for four months? It's kind of crazy how it works now. I love it. We're not mean to each other anymore, and we all know each other's limits when it comes to sarcasm. Their friend replies to something about how they know what our family has been through, so the change sounds a little ridiculous. Our kid replied with, when my family has problems, you should see us. Right away, we apologize. It's crazy. We all have really close and different relationships with each other. That is the healing that God has done in our lives, and that is the freedom that we walk in every day. I want to ask um, all those who shared testimony to join me back here on the stage again. Uh, Kathy, if you all come, Charles, Chuck, where are you? Yeah, come on back up. Let's give them a round of applause again for being this brave charity. Mark. Come, 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 come forward. I, I'm asking them to come back out because what they have done is a very courageous act and, and all for you, all to benefit you. And, and I just want us again to thank God for giving them the strength to do what they have just done. So let's give them a round of applause again. But in addition to that, I want to ask you to join me in praying for them. You know, my Celebrate Recovery Days is, is coming back now because when people would be so vulnerable to share the stuff in their lives as a, as a ways and a means of helping people get free, we know we have an enemy that's going to try to take that from them. It's going to try to discourage them. And we are going to stand against that. Amen? Amen. So if you would, let's join me, join me in prayer. Father, we just thank you for each one of these individuals who have shared from their heart this morning what you have placed on their heart, in their heart, and the work that you've done in their lives. Father, we pray for Mark and Kathy, Charity and Chuck. 
And Lord, we ask you to protect them now from any scheme of the enemy that would try to discourage them or to tell them that what they said wasn't worth anything or, or try to get them in a situation to, to cancel out all the good that you have done in their lives. And Father, for all who have listened and those who have heard a word from them that spoke to them deeply, we pray, Father, that you will build upon that truth that you have deposited here in our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Love you guys. Thank you very much. Amen. Appreciate it. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much. And now, you know, you may have a seat for just a minute. You might be up in just a second. You know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> but you know, let me ask you a question. If someone asked you what God has done for you, would you be able to tell them? Let, let me ask that question a different way. Do you tell them? You know, what we've witnessed here today is, is, is just straight out of that scripture that we, that we referenced at the beginning. They, they overcame him, little h, him, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And I believe that some of us in this room today that we've hit that wall over and over again. Love what Mark said. He's prayed that God take that away from me hundreds of times over and over again. But until he went to work, until he got clean, until he opened up, then he left room for God to work in his life. I, I appreciate what Kathy was sharing about how, how God showed her that, you know what? <laughs> she related to everybody in here. Everybody in here. From back there, from, from the guys from Carver all the way over here to my brother sitting on this front row here. She, she said, look around. Look, can you see the resemblance? If you look around, you can't see the resemblance. I believe you need to let God do some more work in your heart. And this is the good news. He's available and ready to do it whenever you are. Undoubtedly, with this many people in this room, there are some strained relationships. people you hadn't talked to in years. People you avoid at all costs. Like Chuck said, but God, all things are possible. Can you have enough faith to believe that he can do something about that too? We always like to close our services with a time of response, a time to come to the altar, a time to surrender. Let go and let God is a popular little statement. I know it might be cliche, but I don't know. It works for me. And it might work for you. I want to invite you to stand. And I'm asking you to stand because I want to make room here. I want to make room for those of us who needs to come to this altar. And I'm going to ask you to come right now. If you have any relationships that are out of order in your life, 
if you have any situations that you've been struggling with far too long, if you have any addictions, and the good news is this, nobody's going to know, you don't have to put a sign on your back, but if you've got anything that you're struggling with that you just can't seem to kick, that you can't seem to get rid of, I want to invite you to come to these altars right now and just kneel. Someone will come alongside, someone will pray with you if you so need them to. But after hearing those testimonies, it would be a shame if we just turned around and walked out the door. My brothers from Carver, you're welcome to come. I can only imagine what it's like being in high school in this day and age. And I know some of you struggling with some things right now. You can come. Don't worry. Come on. I messed the worship team up. I, I've got them out of order, but I know they're going to come up with something that's going to minister to us during this time of prayer. And as they come, I'll ask you to pray with them, for them. And if you have something on your heart and you don't want to come up to this altar, that's all right. Kneel right there where you are. Ask somebody to pray with you right where you are. But right now, we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to let the Lord minister to our souls right now in the name of Jesus. Maybe seated if you will. Whatever you do, though, please, let's protect this time of prayer right now. If you want someone to pray for you, just, just open, just, just hold your head up as people come around. There's going to be some prayer warriors coming around. If you need somebody to pray with you, just, just raise your hand up in there. We've got a lot of people up here at this altar, so we're going to need to... We're going to need to enlist some people, deputize some people. Yes, you can pray for others in the name of Jesus, okay? If you see somebody up here with their hand up and don't look like coming to them, would you be so kind as to come and pray with them? And let us now have this time of response. <laughs> 